The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Discussion, your home for comic book talk every week right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, alongside, as always, Greg Knowlton. And we are excited. This is our first episode of the month of December. We're changing our theme up a little bit, um, actually quite a bit. I'm really excited to get into, uh, you know, this month. You know, Christmas time, is it's a time for, you know, family, friends, uh, tradition, and so much more, but... Uh, you know, as a kid, there's so many fond memories. Those, you know, those relationships, those friendships, uh, you know, family relationships, they all kind of revolve around when you're younger, uh, like Christmas presents and toys. Um, I associate a lot of my younger years, my younger Christmases, with getting toys. Now I associate them with getting work shirts, socks, and underwear. Uh, which I is still not get quite toys. So I actually lucky. so today I almost <laughs> bought a whole new Warhammer army, and as my own Christmas present to myself, my mom and my brother were going to split it. Um, but really? I, I lost the eBay bet. But yeah, I get toys every year still. You know, my brother's the only one who gets me uh, as far as toys. I got you a toy last That's year. That's true. That is true. You are right. I, I mean, as far as like family, mm-hmm. like my wife mm-hmm. doesn't encourage it. I'm oh, sorry. You did I give thought, me some. Sweet I toys. thought I was your podcast brother. You are. Well, you're my podcast wife. Oh, that's right. That yeah, you, that's right. Quoted, you said that specifically. <laughs> that is true. That's right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we are back. November is complete. We're rocking and rolling with the studio. Things are going great here for the panel discussion. Uh, yeah, me and Greg are just tearing it up. We're motivated more than ever. And today we get to talk about some toy, toy-based toy comic books. Really, um, I mean, what's really the best way to describe it? Comic books that st- that came from toys? Well, it, it'll, ju- it'll be, yeah. I think that'll be a lot of what we focus on. But the other thing is just like comic books that we haven't norm- – we don't normally cover like X-Men and stuff because – they have sweet toys, and we will talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, is all of the Marvel and DC comic book toys, but just comic books that that just bring toys to our memory. That that nostalgia. Um, it'll be a lot of toy based comics slash comic based toys, but just those comics that when you like read it, you think of a toy immediately, which is kind of what I I have today. Um, but yeah, like those those iconic toy comics. Like for example, um, GI Joe. Yeah. Like, that's one that when we think of G.I. Joe, like, you can think of the comics. You can definitely picture the comics. But those toys are just so stuck in your brain. Like, I I can picture um, plenty of G.I. Joe toys and plenty They've of They've been that around I forever, had. so, yeah. Yeah. G.I. Joe. Even um, we'll have a special bonus episode. And it, it is not a comic we normally talk about. But Star Wars, like the toys from Star Wars, for example, that'll be something. I'm not. We're not going to go in depth on these because that'll be for our episode. Yeah, that, absolutely. Um, yeah, just, just, I, I know everyone can think about like, I think this is a good way to kick off this month to that, that unboxing of a present, um, that, that toy that was just like super cool. Um, I, I'm literally looking at a wall of toys in our office space. And yeah. I would, I would unbox in a heartbeat. I would unbox in a heartbeat. Like I, I yeah, that's really the best way to describe do it. Do you, do you have like a favorite, um, Christmas toy you unwrapped? 
that I ever unwrap. We're super consumerism, pro-consumerism this month. I just want to put that out <laughs> yes, there. Yes, I guess we are. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, open up, like, video games and stuff were always really cool. But, uh, you know, I, I have this, this original X-Men, like, five pack right here that is um, sweet the first class it's one really cool when i was younger i got to uh my parents i mean santa claus uh <laughs> excuse me uh they got me a one it was a little bit it was like a 90s team it had uh thunderbird storm banshee colossus nightcrawler and uh sunfire and i mean those are those are always cool i used to get those 10 inch figures that i have i have a, the cyclops gambit Wolverine or not Wolverine, uh, Venom and Carnage. I used to get those regular, regularly from my aunts and uncles. Uh, you know that was just a heavy toy month. Wrestling toys, so much like that. Unwrapping, you know, like I said, video games are always a, a nice treat too. Uh, but I mean, that's that was great. Obviously, you know, not the older I get, it's more family oriented. Uh, you know, of course, that's what I really appreciate the holidays for. But back when I was younger, when I think of Christmas, I mean, I think of stuff like that. That's, you know, that that's the be-all, end-all for me. What about yourself? It's almost a shame I didn't cover them this episode because I feel like I'm going to ruin a lot of my talk um, for that specific topic if I pick a book regarding them. But, like, for me, some of the, the ones I remember the most, I specifically remember getting the Astro Megazord. From Power Rangers, oh, I got the I got the movie one from yeah. Christmas one here. The movie, the first one, not the Turbo one. I think like ninety percent of this. Mine was the Power Rangers in space, and then I think like ninety percent of the my first like I want to say like up to ten years old. I think I got a Megazord. Like I think I got like Power Rangers every year. Um, I remember one of my favorite stories. Um, my mom would tell this one isn't me, but I got to enjoy this present as I got older was my my brother had cancer as a kid. And it was right around the time, like, I think the the first, like, real, like, Megazord toy came out. And I think it was, like, the, it might have been the remote control one. It might not have been. I'm not going to remember off the top of my head right now. But anyway, um, it was packed. My brother was really sick at the time with leukemia. And um, it was, like, brand new, like, filling the shelves. And my mom went in to get it. And she was, like, distraught trying to get through the line to get this toy to get it for my brother for Christmas. And as far as she tells – I almost called her in to tell this story because I don't remember all the details because obviously I wasn't alive yet. Um, but she got, like, cut to the front of the line and someone actually, like, paid for the figure for her, I believe. Serious? And was, like, here, like – because they asked her what was happening and she explained it. It was, like, here, take this. And that was, like, m- my brother got that for Christmas that year, which is so cool. I think it's one of the reasons I, like – I'm always fond of that toy now as an adult thinking back to it. Um, but, yeah, we got some sweet Megazords. We were a mech family. I opened a lot of Gundams around Christmas, okay. too. I think, like, I was – my brother loved Gundam Wing, so he had all the Endless Waltz Gundams, all the customs. I had, like, every G Gundam. I had Burning Gundam. I had Dark Gundam. I had Shining Gundam. I had the huge, like, foot-tall ones. Um, and then – Another Power Ranger mem- memory, again, from the Leukemia Society, is I got um, from, I think, the Red Power Ranger gave me the gift to open, which was super sick. Oh, that's so cool. I got a, like, you know the Wrestle Buddies? They had, like, X-Men ones from the movie. Oh. And I had a Wolverine one that when you squeezed him, like, his he made, like, the shunk sound and said, like, I'm the best that it, there is at what I do. And I, like, <gasps> And that that might be one of my all time favorites, just because like I was given that by a Power Ranger. So that no, was... that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big deal. I remember uh, pre K, 
pre-K. It was a Professor X toy. Um, it was really cool. Santa Claus came in, and he, and he got this. Yeah. You know, we're getting gifts. I mean, this is a long time ago for me. I'm tw- 28. I mean, I was probably four or five years old at this point. I still remember yeah. sitting on sitting on Santa's lap, and I get this, like, cool Charles Xavier toy. And it was really – he was in a seat. And, like, it, he had the, oh, like, so he didn't have, like, a kicking action. No, not at all. He was he – was, <laughs> He was he was locked in his in his you know in his flying wheelchair thing. That was flying really cool. hover around. His hover thing, um, you know, which was a really cool treat to to see. Uh, and yeah, there's so many. I mean, the, the more that we do this month, the more memories I'm going to unravel. Oh yeah. Um, you know, some some better than others, of course. But uh, yeah, I just I mean, to the listeners, really, if if you know, as you're listening to this, just. Just think, just reminisce, you know, eat in the nostalgia uh, of what we're going to be covering this month. Remember your own childhoods, you know, if, if, um, you know, not to get too sentimental, but maybe if it's a family member you haven't talked to or a friend in a long time and um, maybe a toy reminds you of that person, you know, uh, reach out to them, reconnect, something like that. I, I don't know. I just, we just want to promote good energy on this show. Yeah. And uh, not to sound like hippies, but, uh, you know, positivity is is so important, especially during this time of year, which is it's very difficult. There's so much pressure on people to get the right presents and you know just to be something. You know, just to be something yeah. that they might not necessarily want to be. And, and I think that like comes back to like that that story I just told about my mother with the Megazord. Like at the end of the day, it wasn't about the gift; it was about the gesture of everything that makes that that toy so cool. Um, same thing. Like I think I think back to. The, a lot of the gifts as a kid, our family didn't have a lot, but somehow I had this sick – in my grandma's house, I loved it. Well, it was my house too, but we lived upstairs. But in the basement, we had this sick like it, – it, width-wise, it was a closet, but then it ran the whole length of the house. It was oh. just filled with wire racks of toys for me and my brother that somehow my grandpa like always found money. I think he was like part of the mob or something. <laughs> uh, he always found money to somehow get us toys when like we didn't have it. Like and I, I always think about that like oh, my mom was like, yeah, we didn't have a ton of money this year. And all of a sudden like I've got the Astro Megazord like sitting there. I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so you think about those stuff and like I think that's the big part of it too. Again, this isn't all about – like the toys, but the memories it, they bring back, and like, oh yeah, this person did this for me through this. Like that's super cool. Like, yeah, I'll be super fond of my Nintendo Switch forever that I got for. I think I got it for my birthday, not Christmas, but regardless, um, it was like my wife broke our rule of how much to spend because she knew I wasn't shutting up about the Switch and just bought me the Switch my first birthday that we were married. So like those kind of things, those kind of gestures, like you won't. Yeah, you don't forget them, and that's why like those toys hold so much value. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, so yeah, we got we both uh, picked separate themes today. I guess that separate toy themed comic books. Uh, we we made sure with that to kind of you know uh, not spread ourselves too thin. You know, there's obviously a lot we're going to talk about this month. Um, and let's see, I decided to go with He Man. And uh, Greg, you are going by with the power of Grayskull. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and then you're going with Transformers today, correct? Yep. Sweet. So and more than meets the eye. More than meets the eye. You know, the, these hiding were... in some pies. <laughs> <laughs> these were like I grew up with 
I probably grew up more so with Transformers toys. Same here. Than I did He-Man. He-Man was more like my dad's, sort of my dad's generation. My dad was like in high school around that time. But, I mean, that's super, like, when you think 80s, He-Man is like one of the first things to come to mind. Transformers does too, but Transformers has uh, transcended the decades and evolved. Like, when I grew up, Transformers was Beast Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Gorilla Optimus Prime. Gorilla Optimus Prime. The T-Rex Megatron. I yep. had all those toys. Me too. Um, you know, Rat Trap and, and so many. I love that show. Um, I wonder if Disney Plus is going to bring it, use it. I can get it on my fire stick, but. Uh, I don't know who has the rights to that right now. I'm, I'm very it curious. was Marvel, but it, I know IDW does the comic book. But IDW can get and rights to anything somehow. Like, yeah. I don't know how. I don't know. I'm I'm very curious, but that was Transformers. That was my generation of Transformers for me, and then eventually it returned back to the way it was. It, you know, it turned to the movies with Shia LaBeouf and and um, yeah, I, and Megan Fox and uh, <laughs> and everything else that came. Mark Wahlberg, you know, in my opinion, one of the greatest actors of all time. Uh, <laughs> Wait, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I've never seen a bad Mark Wahlberg movie. Have you seen The Happening? I love that movie. What? <laughs> I'm certain. No, seriously, I've never seen a bad Mark Wahlberg movie. Personally. Have you seen The Happening? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I, you know, um, Ted Two. <laughs> <laughs> they jerk off Tom Brady. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I love Mark Wahlberg, and him coming to Transformers was like one of the best things that could have happened. Um, but we are going to get into our readings today. Yeah. So well, quick, quick random fact. I don't know. If you remember, because I, I actually remember He-Man a little more. Um, I remember the cartoon in the mid-2000s. Because there was the cartoon in the mid-2000s. Burger King came out with the toys. I used to yes. have them all. Yes. Ironically, did you know that premiered at the same time as Transformers Armada on Toonami? Really? Yeah, so we didn't do that on purpose at all, but that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this wasn't, I mean, it was planned, but it wasn't. For like, that in that reason. Respect. So that's kind of cool. I really liked, like, He-Man, and I was always a big fan of, like, like I actually have an Orco... Funko Pop. I'm pointing it, but only Matt can see that I'm doing that. Um, I really liked He-Man. I'm a big fantasy guy. Like I, I dig like stuff in the world of magic and everything. That's why I liked Thundercats as a kid too. Plus, um, my brother is six years my senior, so he had like caught the back half of the '80s stuff. So he really liked He-Man, and my dad was a huge nerd and made me watch He-Man. It's like man-at-arms and all that, but, like, Skeletor will always stick out in my mind. And I will never forget, like, I think I had a cool Skeletor figure at one point, too. But just, like, the iconic voice of Skeletor and everything, like, that's why He-Man will always stand out to me, even though, you know, Dolph Lundgren almost ruined it. (laughs) I know, I know. Um, I really like it, and and I've always kind of hoped for, like, another comeback. I think, like, Netflix would be a really cool place to see, like, another He-Man s- series. I'd like to see a live-action movie at this point. I don't, I don't think I want a movie. No? Because there's, like, the Masters of the Universe have so many characters, and, like, they've talked about the movie and whatever. I feel like in this day and age it could work. I think if they did, like, an old-school... Now, I might sound... It's so weird, because, like, when I talk, I sound like I'm aging myself sometimes, <laughs> especially with pop culture. Like, I sound like a 40-year-old man sitting here with certain things, but, like... I want a Kevin Sorbo, like, Hercules-style He-Man TV show. Like, that's what I'm feeling. Or, like, Xena, but He-Man, Masters of the Universe. That on, like, cool. Netflix. I think, like, something like that. Like, I'm all about that. I'm, I, 
I really think that would be fun to have like a way to visit these other characters. But even if they did it, did another animated treatment, like I really, really liked the new version of Voltron. I really did. And I think He-Man would be like perfect for that. They could pull it off. Yeah. They did. They're doing She-Ra right now, actually. So it's in the same realm. Um, she's the female He-Man. Like same. She's from the female part of it. So like they always could just be like, yeah, guess what? We're just going to go to He-Man. I know we just did She-Ra. Let's go backwards now and, and put the chicken before the egg. So they could, and I'd be all about it. <laughs> that would be sweet. I would like. I would very much like that. Um, all right, I'll uh, I'll start us off. That's cool. No, it's terrible. I hate Is it. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna go regardless. And uh, <laughs> all right. So my first one. This is actually a DC Comics uh, presents issue. It's issue number 47. Huh. Uh, this is called Superman and the Masters of the Universe. Now I seen a image of the cover for this, and I was like, I have to read that on the show. I actually got two big crossover books today. There's I didn't been tell- a few uh, He-Man crossovers with the Justice League. Like, there's a Justice League, uh, Superman, and an Injustice one. I think I've covered. My newer book is uh, Thundercats. Oh, that's sweet. So, little, 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 lot of cross promotion today. Spoilers. I know, super spoilers. Um, so, all right, Superman and the Masters uh, of the Universe. It's actually a really, it's a really cool concept. Uh, it starts off with Prince Adam. He's, he's kind of in his castle. Uh, Man at Arms is training him. You know, and, and you know, Man at Arms just won our mustache tournament. Uh, so that was kind of cool. He doesn't have a mustache here, but you know, Adam's just showing off. Bull crap. Uh, then it shows. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and then it shows. Uh, it cuts to Clark Kent, who's. Um, a.k.a. Superman, who's kind of just showing off his ditzy, clumsy side to, to kind of trick everybody that he's not Superman. Um, there's some, you know, uh, there's some talking and, and stuff going on. He, uh, Prince Adam is challenged by a guy by the name of, uh, well, his friend Crusher, uh, who's just kind of joshing around with him a little bit. Then uh, Prince Adam walks off. He goes to the lair of... Uh, he just calls her the the mighty sorceress, uh, and he's in the cavern of power. And uh, call me what you, you you will, mighty sorceress, but you know, but know that I am as ever at your command. So, uh, speak you know, speak then, goddess. What new danger menaces Eternia that needs my the might of He Man? So uh, you know, it's really cool. She uh, you know he he powers up, and they she. You know, kind of takes him. Skeletor's got a you know sword and Skeletor. He, Skeletor, hey man, uh, <laughs> that's actually really good. <laughs> Just a great voice. Um, she's showing what Skeletor's up to. He's trying to do something where he's. I'm not going to say almost merge the realms, but he's like, I mean, all kind of sorta. Um, yeah, he, he's bridging uh, Eternia and Earth. And Superman, obviously, they cut to him. He, he goes to to kind of fight. This like this clouds hanging over Earth, and he gets sucked in by it. And uh, a big battle ensues. It's like Superman fighting Skeletor, and it's it's really cool. Because I mean, I've always kind of known Skeletor as a bit of a jobber, um, a bit of a jobber, a bit of a jobber, a bit of a jobber. I, I agree. Wrestling terms, it means kind of a like not one of those to be taken seriously kind of villains, but uh, still serious enough. Um, kind of like Dr. Robotnik for Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Superman gets kind of double teamed and whomped. And eventually, uh, He-Man rides in to kind of save the day. They, they 
charged together to battle Skeletor, uh, as well you know, as well as Battle Cat. But eventually, Skeletor gets control of Superman, some kind of mind control, and so Superman and He-Man are going at it, and He-Man's just swinging an axe at him. Superman's just punching him, and they're going back back and forth, tit for tat. And it's actually a really good, you know, back and forth fighting thing. And then uh, He-Man kind of whomps him. He gets him once and breaks the spell, and all of a sudden they just—I mean—they just get Skeletor, and uh, Superman actually is trying to fly with him, uh, and Skeletor just disappears. He just disappears. Um, he just goes, ah, oh, but I shall recoup my strength and I shall return again, this time to make Castle Grayskull mine for all time. And that's kind of the end of the book. Superman returns to Earth, and, I mean, that's really it. I mean, this is a pretty cool cover right here. You know, just kind of illustrating it. There's not that yeah. much infighting between He-Man and Superman. That's uh, always the case in those old school. It books, always so. is. It's always fa- like falsely advertised. But I mean, it 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 hooked. It hooked me. I seen it. and I was like, I knew. So their old school advertising ways still worked on me. Um, so I'm going to get into the review portion of it. I was very thrilled with this book. It was, it was cool because you don't think of that crossover really happening. Uh, but obviously, it, it depends on who has the the rights at the time. And I think DC was one of the first ones to really bring He Man to to life. Uh, and obviously to make a toy line and, and well, to, to really benefit and help push the toy line. And, uh, you know, the comics and toys launched it into mega stardom pretty much. So I'm going to go right into the artwork. Uh, I'm very impressed with the artwork. The characters still have their traditional looks, all of them. Superman, Skeletor, He-Man, Battle Cat. And it looks really good. It, I mean, it's it's obviously grainy. It's that early, uh, you know, it's like early 80s. I think it's early 80s. Um you know that grainy style look, and but it's as far as the paper goes. But as far as details and stuff, it's it's very very well done. Um, I'm gonna give the artwork. I mean, the cover was beautiful too. Uh, like I said, it hooked me enough to reading it. I'm gonna give the artwork an eight. Action! There was so much action in this book. It was cool, and to see Superman. Like I've seen some cool Superman crossovers in my day. We did. Uh, Superman and Spider-Man crossover. Superman and Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Yeah, we we have. And this was just another, you know, one that just, just worked. I'm not the biggest fan of Superman. I think he's a little OP in some of his books. But they do a good job of working him with other characters um, and balancing him out. But, yeah, I mean, this is really before Superman got too crazy in strength. You know, him battling Skeletor and, you know, Beast Man, uh, obviously, in it. Uh there was plenty of action to go around. This is everything you really wanted out of a He-Man book. Uh, it was very well balanced. I'm going to give the action a 9. It was fun. Uh, story? Kind of a cool story. A good, uh, Interesting way to cross over uh, two characters who do not belong in the, you know, in the same world by any means. Yeah. I'm going to give the, the uh, storyline, I'm going to give it an 8. Uh, dialogue. Very good dialogue out of this book. Um you know, I don't know who wrote this out, but they did a good job of making He-Man and the characters in that universe sounding very, um, I mean, like a medieval kind of tongue, I guess, quote-unquote, as, as they used to say. Um, obviously, we all know how He-Man speaks. They, they did a really good job of capturing it, and Superman just kind of did his thing as normal. Uh, very well done with the dialogue. I'm going to go, I'm going to give an 8 on this. And rereadability, this was fun. And there was a lot of pages, a lot of panels to it. Uh, I'm thoroughly impressed. 
I'm uh yeah, I was very impressed all around. I would read this book again in a heartbeat. So much detail, and I just love a good crossover. Uh, I'm gonna give the rereadability an eight as well, giving this book a 41 out of 50 for Superman and the Masters of the Universe from DC Comics Presents number 47 uh, from uh, July of I want to say 1979, eight, 78 or 79. Um, sometimes it, the, the what we use isn't very reliable as far as dates and times, but uh, yeah, 41 out of 50 for that book. Awesome. I actually pulled an audible because. You inspired me. Um, there were quite a bit of crossovers, honestly, with Transformers. The mic's really far from my face. There we go. There you go. There were quite a bit of transform uh, Transformers crossovers, honestly. And I I know I'm not going to do a book for this group just because we already did one. So I audibled and grabbed another book real quick. Um, and I'm actually going to cover uh, – originally I had covered like a, a Transformers from 1984 – um, and it's quick. Quick, I want to say that Witwicky was like actually a character in it. Like not Sam, but um, I think it was like Cameron Witwicky or something. And I didn't realize in the movies that like that was a comic book character. Like that oh, was yeah. a character from the canon. I had no idea. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, the book itself was really long. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't in love with it. Um, both of the books I had originally read, I wasn't crazy about. I'll be straight up honest. Um, the one was just like super old school and campy. And the other one was like very more kid-leaned. And it's the middle of another series, so it threw me off. But I'm going to hop into this one. Um, I have always been a big Transformers fan. I had um, an Optimus figure. I had a really cool like Megatron tank um, that also turned into the gun, and I loved. Uh, Do you remember the old McDonald's ones? Yes. Oh, I can't believe I forgot that when I was describing them. Um, those were awesome. They were so simple in design. You just like fold up. Oh, so cool! I so had a cool. really cool Bumblebee. Um, I there was like a show. It might have been Transformers Armada. Maybe I can't remember what show it was, but they had like a Hot Shot, and then they had um, Jetfire and, and all these characters. But they, like, in the show, they, like, connected to Optimus or connected to each other to make other Transformers. And I had all of those. And then what, there the were the Minicon things? And then there were Minicons. Oh, okay. That was after. Okay. Two, like, that was another show with, like, the Minicons that made a sword. There was a Minicons that made the robot. There was a Minicons that made a jet. There was the Destructor Cons that made something. Like, there was so much. I had a, a lot of them at my dad's <laughs> house. And I loved them. That like, I just... Something super satisfying about like folding it out into a robot and then folding it back into a car or folding it out into a robot and then folding it back into a gorilla. I don't know what it was, but like just like like the concept of Transformers was always fun to me. Like to it play was. With. You know, I was too young to really be able to follow instructions and build Lego sets. But yeah. Transformers was chal- just challenging enough. Yeah. But you know, you knew the payoff. It was like a puzzle. <laughs> but and eventually like if you could get the 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 wheel in the right place, you could then fire it like a cannon. Yeah, <laughs> good, so good. Yeah, my brother got really into him too when he got, you know, when he was growing up. He got he got all the op, you know, the toys once the movie started rolling along. Yeah, they started spitting out video games and stuff like that. There's a couple decent PS2 ones that were, I mean, graphically impressive. Play wise wasn't great, but it kept my brother occupied. You know so. what? I would love, and and mainly it's just like my brain. I love Pacific Rim. Yeah. Um. I would love a Transformers Godzilla crossover comic book. That would that might work. I would I would dig it. 
We'll have to see it. And like you never know. They it might turns out it like freaking like Megatron like turns into Mechagodzilla or something. <laughs> that would be so like cool. that would be dope. Or he there's two Mechagodzillas. One's Megatron, one's regular Mechagodzilla. That is right. There's multiples. Oh, so he could like Megatron could just be like, Oh, I'm gonna copy this Mechagodzilla <laughs> and it would be super cool. <laughs> I would eat that up. I would too. They'd be smaller than them. A lot smaller <laughs> than them. Um by size standards, but it would still be awesome, and I would enjoy every second of it. Oh, yeah. So I – to my book, I yeah, um, audibled to G.I. Joe versus Transformer, and the cover is awesome because it's like Cobra Commander standing there with Megatron pointing a cannon at Optimus, and Optimus has the Cobra Commander, like the, the Cobra logo on his shoulder pads, which oh. is like, oh, oh, what's going on? Um, so it turns out – Optimus had been mind-controlled as long with, as well as a couple of the other Autobots and were being used by Cobra Commander um, through the use of Soundwave. And it starts with um, them figuring that out, but actually Soundwave is turning on Dr. Mindbender uh, and begins attacking Cobra. Meanwhile, Cobra Commander is like standing in a window and... Optimus just rips the whole window frame out of the building. And he's like standing outside of the building with like Cobra Commander just standing there pointing a gun at him. And he go, and he's trying to fire the gun and the gun's not working. And he goes, fine. And he throws the gun and it turns into Megatron. Oh, that's so <laughs> and cool. And immediately punches Optimus in the face. <laughs> uh, and they get into like a big like knocked out like drag out fight. Um, as this is happening, though, the other Autobots that were mind controlled, it begin they begin to shake free. So like, um, it's like Ratchet and Jazz, like they're all starting to like come back to normal, and they start fighting Cobra, and like turning into like they think there's like an ATV in this one is one of them, and they start like driving away, um, and even one of the jets like transforms with a Cobra soldier inside of his chest. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, um, and there's like a a big thing going on. Like some of the Joes are working with, um, with some of the sh- soldiers. What year is this from? This is from 2003. I'm excited to hear your art. Uh, great for this. And, um, like Duke is actually like shocks hot rod or no, this is not, rod. this is Bumblebee. And one other of the other ones, um, and like shuts him down because he's being commanded. And as he walks in, like, um, they're actually saying like, they need energon as a, a source of fuel and cobra's man manufacturing it um that if near your nuclear weapons if those connect they're going to go off um and it goes back to megatron fighting optimus again and like there's this like sweet like they're using like these laser beams but the way they come out is cool they almost look like a trident and then form back into one beam hmm. um and then soundwave Joins Megatron and takes down Optimus. Um, and Optimus continues to fight back until, I believe, um, Starscream, of course, shows up and takes down Megatron. And then Megatron shoots Starscream. And the Autobots are back together, as it should. Meg- Starscream always, like, takes down Megatron. And he's another one. I think he might have at one point been the same voice as Skeletor. Because he's another one with the whole, like, they- Megatron! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> they do. Yeah, they, a lot of those shows in the Cobra 80s Commander had sure. one of those voices too. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they could have been the same actor. I mean, 
those voice actors got passed around quite a bit in the 80s. Uh, and then these other mechs show up, and one of them starts, like, raining down fire on the Autobots about to take down Cobra Commander. And it's not a robot, or it's not a Transformer at all, but it's freaking Storm Shadow driving a mech. <laughs> He's got, like, a giant mech. <laughs> and just starts getting into a fight with the Autobots. Um one of them, like, and then they stop Destructo, and there's another one of the Cobras, like, now they're all in these, like, Mets attacking the um, the Autobots and, like, fighting back. All of Cobra, like, made their own, like, auto, or, like Transformer copies out of these Mets using their blueprints. Um, and they're fighting, like, they're flying in, and Duke decides, like, team up with the Autobots he's been controlling, and, like, the last line is, like, some things are just worth fighting for. Super G.I. Joe. Uh, it's really cool. Way better than the first book. <laughs> the first book I it read was super lame. They were just like watching like a VR. Like the first book I read was they were literally watching like a movie of the past of like Megatron trying to take out Optimus and like Starscream keeps rooting for them to kill Optimus. And it's like it's a video. You know he's still alive. And it was just super stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but this was good. Um, I really liked it. I'm going to hop in. Art, it's surprisingly, like, so if you look at it, I don't know. There's this, like, weird, like, it's, like, right in the middle of. Oh, wow. It's a really, really different type of, like, art. Like, usually that New Age art, I'm not, it's it's either, like, It looks super, like a blending of older and newer. Yeah, they do a really good job of finding that middle ground. Um, I'm going to give the art an 8. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Action's easy for this. This is a 10 for the action. Um, not even a problem. What was the art score? I'm sorry. Eight. Eight. Okay. Um, story. It's a pretty simple story, but it does a good job of like mixing the characters together. I did read actually the first three as well. Uh, and like the, the first issue, like the Transformers just show up with Cobra, like taking everybody down. And like the last panel is like evil Optimus standing there. And it's super cool. Um, I'm going to give this story a, a seven. I like it a lot. It's different. Um, it's not super, like, it's not the most original story in the world. It's pretty standard, like, cartoon, and but it's really good still, and it does a good job of bringing these together, and I guess they, like, th- have three more, not issues, this is three more full storylines. Like, oh, no kidding. Like, this is chapter, or this is issue, the first war, and then there's, like, sequel series that came out years to follow. Okay. Um... Dialogue, here we go. Dialogue's easy. This is a four. Standard dialogue. It's nothing insane. Um, Sometimes I think we grade a little high on the dialogue. The dialogue is literally just what you would expect from a Transformers G.I. Joe comic book. Yeah. Uh, Rereadability, though, just the fight alone, like, is so cool. And this, like, panel of gun Megatron, like, punching Optimus in the face, easy and not, like, that's an easily re-readable thing for me. So I'm going to give that a 7. Okay. Really, this was fun. All right. Uh, 36 out of 50. Nice. That one. So not too bad. Um, all right. I'm going to get into my second book. Very good. Uh, He-Man slash Thundercats issue number one. This is another DC uh, run. And, I mean, I'm a, this cover art is gorgeous. I mean, you can just take a oh, look at it. Oh, that is so cool. I mean, I, I can tell you right now it's going to get a 10. Um, the cover art's gorgeous. I mean, there's variant covers that are very, very well done and detailed. Uh, I just elated at this. Uh, it pretty, it's 
the story is physically, you know, the, this book, specific book, is called Swords and Omens. Uh, but it starts off with the uh, Thundercats battling um, uh, Mumra. And Mumra, uh, the, the ever-living, uh, you know, he, he starts to, uh, he's got this idea to steal one of the most powerful weapons in, well, He's he's going kind of going to be a goon in this book uh, for somebody else. Mumra is a big deal uh, for the Thundercats, and um, there's you know there's obviously the crossover part gets really neat. Uh, it cuts over to Eternia and Prince Adam, aka He Man, is uh, he's he's wakes up. He's super super late. He's running into. He's supposed to be <laughs> receiving a uh, this this belt. Uh, at a ceremony, there's people that are just standing there. His mother and father are there, uh, and they're super embarrassed because he's twenty twenty minutes late. Uh, and let's see, they don't say what the belt is just yet. Then it cuts back to the Thundercats, uh, kind of battling. You know, you got Snarf and Snarf, <laughs> Snarf, Snarf. Snarf, um, Snarf. All right, yeah, we'll just cut that part out. Um, and anyway, it's revealed that this belt. Um, that Prince Adam is not taking very seriously. He goes, you know, his, his father is shunning him. And, you know, he's just like, you know, I'm supposed to have bestowed this upon you. My father did this for me at your age, uh, the same age, you know, you are now. And he goes, Prince Adam goes, what, like a belt to keep your pants up? And his dad goes, no, this is the Eternian Harness of Honor. It signifies duty and the will to defend the realm. Uh, and this and that. He's just really harping on him, this, uh, yeah, just Putting them real, you know, down pretty good. Uh, cuts out while well, they look up into the sky, and and it's similar to what happened with a Superman book, where the realms are starting to merge, uh, I guess. And the people from uh, the Thundercats dimension are looking up. It's it's getting absolutely, it's getting crazy. Uh, you know, the, a lot of fighting ensuing, and you know everybody's jumbled up. His dad. Almost falls into the other dimension. He man goes to save him, uh, and he comes out of like in some water. It's just it's it's wild. Uh, they recover. Uh, Battle Cat brings He Man his sword. Prince Adam. Uh, he's about to you know become He Man. You know he goes by the power of his gray skull. Then the uh, the sorceress, at least that's who he thinks, shows up and says, "No, don't do that. Um, you know, uh, give me the sword so I can hide it." This Mum Rock, you know, guy is coming to get it. It's the most powerful weapon in the, uh, you know, in, in, I guess, a multiverse sort of thing. Uh, so he gives it to the sorceress, who he trusts. You know, we mentioned she pretty much bestowed upon him his powers and sends him where, you know, in forms of evil. Uh, she takes the sword and she stabs He-Man in the chest. And it actually turns out that... Uh, this is actually Mumra. Um, he disguised himself. He looks really, really cool. Uh, he disguised himself as the sorceress, and he's impaling. He's legit holding up uh, Prince Adam by the sword up in the air, and you know, just explaining his plot and this and that. And then Prince Adam, he just becomes He Man regardless. He fights back, and then Mumra disappears. And uh, at the very end. It's Skeletor, and Mumra's kind of just Mumra just handed him the sword essentially. Um, he just handed it to him, and then Skeletor. I think Skeletor. 
I can't really... Oh, Skeletor killed him. <laughs> Skeletor pretty much killed him and took the sword uh, from him. Uh, as a, like a, their deal or something like that. So this is... I mean, this is really, really cool. It was, you know, a fun story. I mean, this is the first time I've seen serious Skeletor. Like, I was very impressed with, uh, you know, how this book ended. Um... And look at that. I mean, look at this art right here. This is how the, the oh book Oh, my ends. gosh. That's so gorgeous. It's it's oh. it's beautiful. I love good art. Um, so I'm going to get right into it. I already said the art was going to be a 10 right out the get-go, and I can assure you I'm going to stick with that. The art is a 10 um, through and through. Action. Uh, there was, I mean, there's a couple pages of action between, you know, He-Man and Mumra. And, but other than that, there wasn't, I mean, there was some stuff with the Thundercats. They, they haven't really crossed over just yet. But, you know, there was some fighting. There was a decent amount of fighting, some cool scenes. I'm going to give the action, I'm going to give it a 7. Uh, story? I'm excited for the story uh, to see how it pans out. You know, He-Man and Thundercats, two of the biggest icons of the 80s. I mean, in, in all seriousness, it, to be able to cross over. I'm going to give I'm gonna give the, the storyline a 9. Uh, it's a good start. It's a really good start, too, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Dialogue, very dialogue-driven, very, very well done. Mumra has a unique style of talking that they uh, that they really, you know, emphasize. They they make it feel special, and the dialogue was was very well done. And, and I'm going to give it credit for the same reasons I gave credit to the you know the earlier one that that's old quote unquote tongue that medieval style of talking. Um, I'm going to give the dialogue. I'm going to give it an eight. And, <laughs> and rereadability. Uh, this is a great start. You know, more and more I've been reading these origin first first books, you know, these setup books that, um, you know, I, I've been actually very impressed with. And this one is the same thing. I'm going to give the rereadability a uh, – I'm going to give it an 8 on this. Giving it a score of 42 out of 50 for it. This is uh, He-Man and Thundercats issue number one. I don't have a date on it. But uh, it looks, I mean, definitely looks newer. Um, yeah, I don't have a date on it. But, uh, yeah, great read. Great read all, all around. Hmm. All right, I'm going to hop into mine. Um, there wasn't a Godzilla crossover. I looked. But there was like a, I guess there was a Marvel crossover where Dum Dum Duggan hunts Godzilla. So that's cool. But Transformers. Here's just some of the Transformers comics. <laughs> crossovers this is what happens when you become an idw property because idw owns everything yeah um uh, obviously there's the angry birds transformers because there was a game marketing um gi joe transformers easy x files and the transformers lovecraftian infestation and the transformers interesting i almost read this one mars attacks and the transformers really <laughs> the cartoon uh, Rom Transformers, New Avengers Transformers, the Schick Hydrobot in the Transformers. Advertising again. Money, money, money. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple others. But I chose this one. Transformers and the Ghostbusters. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about Issue this. one. So it starts um, they're on Cybertron and war is happening. Um, the Autobots and the Decepticons are going back and forth, and a robotic Zool steps through a doorway. Zool the Traveler, mm. with two of the robotic dogs, 
like that of the first movie. Really? <laughs> and Megatron is there with his team of Soundwave um, and Starscream. And it's like he immediately tries to un- – they all unload on Zool and she zaps them and knocks them backwards. Um, and he blames Starscream. Oh, because Starscream fires first. Um, and they start yelling and all of a sudden um, – he steps forward and the dogs attack him and he shoves the dogs off to the side and the classic line, choose the form of your destruction. And all of a sudden she goes, the choice has been made and she disappears away. And they're like, what are you talking about? And Starscream's like, I just imagined, I just imagined. And a giant Starscream appears with a crown on his head, Megatron's head, Soundwave's head, Optimus's head, um, all hanging from his neck. Like as a necklace, and he, and he shoots. So Megatron shoots Starscream. They fly away, and it says Cybertron was Cybertron was destroyed, as were the Decepticons who called it home. And it cuts over to the Ark, where um, there's a new uh, Transformer we've never seen before. He's a scientist. His name is Eck, um, and he's there with Bumblebee, um, and he picks up a a signal on Earth. Um, while they're in the Ark, and it is actually a Cybertronian signal. Um, And he convinces Optimus and everybody in the Ark to go to Earth. As he's there, we come across the Ghostbusters in Brooklyn. Um, And they've crashed their car into a sinkhole while looking for a ghost. Um, And they just decide to leave it there. Uh, As they do, Ek crosses over it and takes its form. Um, And so it cuts back over... And there are the Ghostbusters, all four of the originals, um, using their blasters to fight this, like, giant octopus ghost. Um, and it's just full of goofy dialogue and, like, randomly talking. They're talking about, like, lacrosse and stuff while they're fighting this ghost. Uh, and they throw finally throw it on the trap and pull it into the trap. Um, and meanwhile, the car is kind of, like, parked in the middle of the road and a cop comes up to put a ticket on it and Eck just like slides his little like antenna over and makes the ticket disintegrate in the cop's hand and the cop is like uh and just walks away um and they come back up and they see the car out of the sinkhole and they're super confused and they go back and the car's still in the sinkhole but then there's another version of their car sitting there and the ghost of Starscream shows up. <laughs> like, is that a is that a robot? And he's like, I'm here to speak with the auto boom, and just gets yanked right into the trap. <laughs> they pull him right into the trap with the uh, the ecto blasters. Uh, this is gold. And then they turn around and they're like, I don't know what they're talking about, robot. And Ek turns out of the the car and he's just standing there and he goes, I'm the robot, and that's where it ends. Um, I really, really, really like this. <laughs> that is fun. Um, art style is not my cup of tea. Okay. That I will say. The Autobots look awesome. The actual guys are like super cartoony and like kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. They look a little goofy for me. Um, so the art style is going to be my lowest score. The art style is a five. Okay. Action. Um, it's fun. There's not like the same type of action that was in the last book. Um, but there's this like goofy, like the ghost fighting and everything. I'm going to give the action a solid, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. 
story at 10. Perfect. Like how, what? <laughs> like what a way to try to like to wheel two things that you would never expect to be together together. Like when, when I'm sitting there going, what do I want to cross over? I would never think to cross over like Transformers and Ghostbusters. Not even a chance. Same no. thing like with Transformers and um, – and X-Files. Like, what? Who thought of that? Yeah, that's so random. But I love it. So it's a 10 because they did a good job. Like, this story makes sense. Like, Zool showed up on Cybertron and now she's coming to Earth. Okay, fine. Yeah. I can believe that. <laughs> and X, like, turns into the Ecto thing. They even change his shoulder pads so he looks like the car. Um, and he's got the little Ghostbusters logo and his Autobots logo. So cool. Um, I really, really like it. Uh, I said, what was I missing? Dialogue. The dialogue is pretty standard, but they do a really good job. This is where the dialogue is important. I think they do a really good job at like capturing, like, the the Dan Aykroyd and the Billy Murray, Bill Billy, wow, Bill Murray humor, uh, and just I really enjoy it. And I can hear their voices in my head. Um, I'm gonna give the dialogue an eight. Okay. And rereadability a ten. I'm gonna be. This is a still an ongoing comic, so this is a current comic. Um, this was issue one, and I don't know how far it is right now, but uh, it's up to five, and issue six is going to be coming out. I can tell you I'm going to be reading these. Okay. Following these. this, And I wish I would have discovered this sooner because <laughs> um, I kind of want to buy all of them just for fun. This is really cool. I love weird crossovers. There was like a Star Trek Green Lantern crossover that was super fun too, um, and I like when they do weird stuff like that and tie it together. But I, I really liked this book. Um, I never really had Ghostbusters toys. Minus, I did have a, an ecto trap at one point. Oh, you did? I did, <laughs> and that's really cool. And I've always like dreamed of having a one of like the the replica blasters. I think that would be super fun too. But I didn't have a ton. I think my brother had a Slimer. Um, but yeah, like oh, that I just re- that was a weird book. <laughs> just seeing Starscream get like shoved in a box. <laughs> I love get, I love it. I love it. And it's, it's so goofy. And yeah. it's staying on on brand for me apparently recently. Um, it's always my second book's always really weird. It <laughs> I didn't is. even do it on purpose. I know. That wasn't the book I read initially, and then I was like, ah, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to switch it up. Uh, Forty out of fifty for that. So. Ooh, yeah, that's that's a, a good score. That's a good one. That's a solid score. Um, so. I'm going to hop into another book real yeah. quick too. So this is a brand new book um, from Dark Horse Comics, and I I'm covering this because I really appreciate this line. Um, on Facebook, because I'm a nerd, Facebook ads was like, hey, here's these toy lines. And they showed – I got these like six or seven months ago before they launched. Uh, and they were these super 90s like like mutant people. Like there's a poison dart frog wearing like shorts with um, headphones on, a chameleon in a suit, and, and all these other characters. And it is from a new toy line called Alternation. Uh, and they even have their own storyline where it's like good guys and bad guys, like typical, like from the era of like G.I. Joe's, Transformers. Uh, and so I thought it would be cool to cover these now. It's from a toy company called Pandemony, um, P-A-N-D-A space M-O-N-Y. Um, and it's, I think that's it's cool to see new toy company on the block too because everything now is like Hasbro, Mattel, Jack yeah. Specific. Um and they made this completely original toy line. They didn't go out and try to get marketing. They came up with their own toy line, and they really put some work into it. So they partnered with Dark Horse on this comic, uh, and they also have three episodes so far on YouTube. And I think the toys look super cool. Um, and 
it starts with these like people hiking and the heroes of GK Delta. Um, GK Delta is the the good guy league. Um, and there's this like giant tree monster like s- sitting in this cavern as these people walk by. Um, and it cuts over and we meet Dart and oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the other character's name. Um, Dart is like the main character here and there's a couple others. We've got Sham and Albert the fourth and El Ray. Um, and they're all like in basically this like training zone and Dart gets knocked out by a, um, a robot. And then it gets blown up um, real quick by this other, this like porcupine bat character. They're all like mixtures of more than one animal. And that's what I like. Like um, Albert the Fourth is like part monkey, but also part bull. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, and they all get called onto this this mission. And I really want to learn this other character's name, and it's going to bug me that I don't know it because he's the only one they haven't said his name, and it's the only one I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let me just pull this up real quick. There's a whole line of toys, and that's why it's super cool. And I think even some of the characters I've seen released – Ah, Quillroy. That's right. That's a cool – how did I forget that? Quillroy. Um. And he's literally like this, like porcupine bat, <laughs> but he's in like a military vest and stuff. And he's really cool art; like it's a really cool design style. Um, and they show up, um, and they're tracking this like big tree beast down. Uh, and Sham is like this super genius chameleon. He's got like the typical like the bow tie and everything. Um, and is like talking about what this thing could be. And he gets knocked backwards by the tree and everyone jumps into, um, into action. Like El Ray has this like sweet, like sword he pulls out. He's like, a he's a manta ray style character and he's got like the, the cool like beard, but it's his mustache is made out of like his, um, whatever you would call manta rays, like tails basically. Um, and they start taking down this big tree. Dart spits poison on him. El Rey uses electricity, all sorts of stuff. And they actually started on fire. Um, and because, you know, Sham just covers it in gasoline and throws a cigarette like, car lighter at it. <laughs> um, and it turns out it's a robot that was actually out in, in the forest and got, like, covered in trees that overgrown on it. Um, and as they're flying away... They look and they see the whiny Winnie like has all these souvenirs and that's what the creature ended up being called was like the whining Winnie. Um, and it cuts back and we see one of the villains there with his own personal army of robots. Uh, and that's where it kind of ends. And this was like a sample free book that they offered as promotion for the, um, the, the toys. And it, like I said, it's just really cool to see, this like old school '90s style, like the website's got like the character bios, the toy boxes are cool. The toys almost give me like a, a small soldier's vibe. Oh, that is really cool. Um, I like the detail. Yeah, and there's like they're all different. Um, I'm trying to see like the villain, like their sabotage, and he's like a big robot like looking dude. Um, trying to find one of the other ones. There was Bomber, who they haven't released like a full image on here of. But he looks like a um, 
like a beetle with like a cannon on his back. And then there's like Alpha who looks like this weird dragon with like the split jaw. Uh, and it's, re- it's just really cool to see that kind of love go back into toy making. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, a, it's a lost art. Yeah. It's a very lost art. I feel like this was a let's make something really cool and different. Like with with that in mind, with the Transformers, the G.I. Joes, the He-Mans, like the, those old school comic books in mind. Like the the toys that you played with, not just because they looked cool, but because they had these characters and their own storylines. And that's how like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came around. Yeah. And like a lot of these were like we have these stories and we want to make toys for them. Uh, and that's what this felt like. And I, I, I enjoy the book. Um, I can quickly give that. I'll, yeah, I'll run do it, it down. Art is, um, art was pretty standard. It was a, it was a good, is a good solid art style. I'm going to give the art a six. Okay. Um, action. There was a ton. I'm going to give the action an eight. All right. Story it, again. It's original. They came up with these like mutant characters. I like how they're mixed and matched. Um, and I kind of like the whole like, oh, it was just a tree, a robot in a tree suit kind of thing. Like, but it sets up the villain, and it felt like a GI Joe book. Um, it felt fun. So I'm gonna give this story an eight. The dialogue, um, all the characters feel different. They feel original. They do a good job at um, displaying that. I'm gonna give the dialogue a seven. Okay. And then rereadability. I'm excited to see where this this goes. I'm excited to see what they do next. I'm going to give the rereadability a ten because I'm going to be watching this toy line. I'm going to be watching um, these comic books, these cartoons. I've been watching the three cartoons that are on YouTube, and they do a good job with the voice acting and the animating and everything. Uh, and I I hope that this blows up. I hope that this mainly for the fact of like it's really cool. Uh, these people put a lot of work into it, but. I hope it blows up because I think then it opens the door wide open for us to get something different. Right. I think kids now don't get the same kind of like experience we did with toys. No, not even in the slightest. Um, I mean, just there, there's so much that goes in hand with, uh, you know, that that toy experience. Like yeah. I said, we used to have these superposable action figures just come with all this cool stuff. Cool scenery, cool designs that weren't cheap. Yeah. And nowadays you're paying like double the price for something that's smaller, mm-hmm. not as poseable, yeah. not as fun to play with. Uh, I mean, obviously we're 28. and uh, Well, I'm 28. Uh, I'm 26. I'm not 26. that much younger. So. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously so we're not playing with toys currently. But you just look at them and you're just like, so you think. Yeah. <laughs> you kids have no idea. But, like, for real. And think about it. Like Those I, kids are probably like, okay, boomer. Yeah, okay, boomer. <laughs> uh, you go into a toy aisle now and there's literally like four aisles. That's it. Which sounds like, oh, that's a lot. Four aisles for toys. We had full toy stores. Yeah. Toys R Us. KB Toys was one KB of my toys. KB Toys was a great KB one. KB Toys had all like the Marvel gems and everything. Um, and there's other toy stores that I'm not even thinking of right now. And we have some of the old cool school toy stores, but you don't have like places strictly for like let's go find some really cool toys. Like I found McFarlane toys. I found some cool DC toys. I found that's my favorite stuff. McFarlane toy section. Like that, like an yeah. older adult toy section was probably one of my favorite parts of going to Toys R Us. I um, went. To, I got like a shopping spree at the, Fisher Price at one point. I think which was pretty oh, cool. cool. You know they still have Toys R Us in Canada, right? I didn't, so we're going to go to Canada. We have to. They also have, uh, was it EB Games or Babbage's? Babbage's is the one that I miss. EB Games is just GameStop. Um, I think it must be Babbage's. I remember spending stupid amounts of money at Babbage's. Yeah. Like, I think I bought Gauntlet from Babbage's like six times. 
Because I kept like selling it and then buying it again. I, f- I bought some weird <laughs> games. I think I bought a rock. There was like a Rock'em Sock'em Robots PS1 fighting game for Babbage that I bought from Babbage's that I absolutely loved. And then someone got jelly on it. Uh, hate <laughs> it when that happens. Me. Hate when that happens. Hate when people get jelly on my video games. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, very dude, solid episode, man. We got an hour out of this, yeah. um, so not too shabby. We have so much in store for you this month. And, you know, no matter what your religion, whatever holiday you celebrate, just enjoy these ho- this holiday. Take it, take it easy. Take it as easy as you can. It is so stressful. Relax. Listen to us. Cheap plug. Uh, <laughs> but just enjoy time with your families because, yeah. I mean, this 20 years down the road, you're not going to remember all the, the hectic headaches from running around getting the perfect toy. You're going to remember the time with your families and friends and just make every second count. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Um, But I won't get too preachy. Uh, That is it for myself and Greg for this week's episode of the panel discussion. We'll be back next week with some more goodness uh, from your favorite comic book talk podcast.